Today I have with me Mansi Singhi. Mansi Di is a Columbus, Ohio-based Indian classical dance performer, choreographer, and teacher. She holds a certified degree in Kathak from India. Her artistry has been shaped profoundly by renowned gurus from India since the age of seven, performing experiences in various countries such as Singapore, Sri Lanka, Malaysia, and various places in the U.S. and collaborations with a multitude of artists in the field of dance and music. Mansi has been a member of the United Nations Dance Council since 2012. Throughout the years, diverse influences have inspired her to immerse herself in pure dance, cross art form, collaborations, and innovative partnerships. Mansi, how are you? Hi, Pramit. Thank you. I'm doing very well. How about yourself? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. And yeah, glad to do this. This would be my 50th episode. So it should be fun. That's so, nice. So just to begin with, uh, namaste to all the listeners here and pranam to all the gurus. Um, thank you once again, Pramit and Kathaka Chakar for having me here and giving me this opportunity to share my experience. For sure, Mansidi. And just to get started with, uh, let's talk about collaborations. You mentioned that in your bio and I know that's something you're very passionate about. So can you tell us about the collaborations you've done over the years? Yes, so I'll begin with a small thing which I always keep in mind when it comes to collaboration. Coming together is a beginning, uh, collaborating is a poetry. Now, the idea of collaboration is usually to step outside from your comfort zone and being a strong believer, I've always uh, felt that, you know, it's a healthy dialogue or a healthy vocabulary which you share with uh, different artists or even with different uh, musicians or be it different uh, areas of arts. So creating something, exploring something is actually doing nothing but reskilling yourself. So uh, you reskill, you reimagine and you retransform yourself from what has already been created. So with innovation comes uncertainty. This is something I've always felt, you know, uh, it may or may not work, but uh, trying the co collaboration part has always been very interesting on a congenial note because artists come talk together, brainstorm, and the, the, the main part about being together here is just the rhythm and the beats, being from different areas, being from different uh, expressions, you know. So it's just how you integrate uh, you know, express it and create this process, which becomes congenial for all the, you know, artists to just generate a new framework. Now, uh, recent collaborations where I have been a part of uh, was uh, June 19th, that is Juneteenth. Uh, mm -hmm. uh, it was a federal um, holiday declared by the United States in uh, honoring the African-American culture. Right. Now, uh, I was honored to be a part of this event, which was organized by the Ohio State University's diversity team here mm -hmm. in Columbus, Ohio. So it was, um, uh, you know, it was, it was to come together with different genres of art, music, and dance. Mm -hmm. And uh, my collaboration was with a tabla artist based here in Columbus, Vinayak Parvate. So we created and we uh, showcased uh, the Asian Indian culture here. And along with that was the Native American and the African dance forms too, you know, American African dance forms too. So it was a very uh, healthy, uh, you know, experience and uh, creating this multicultural platform has always been a part of my uh, process of art, you know, mm -hmm. so um, be it tap dancing, be it instruments, be it um, uh, musicians. So I've also uh, tried hang instruments as a part of uh, using them with Kathak and uh, what's you know, a hang instrument? It's kind of a, um, it's a kind of an iron thing, which is like round and it's, it sounds very soft at the beginning. And then it just has a very melodious tune to it. So uh, I tried incorporating that with uh, the tabla beats in one of my, uh, you know, performances. So that was another experience to just collaborate with uh, instrument and just showcase uh, something different. So 
Manjidi, uh, since you have so much collaborative experience and you're clearly a Columbus native because you called it the Ohio State. Every other, you know, that's one of the only universities that puts a D and we all have, we all like make fun of them for that. But uh, just that's just a side note. So what, insp- what, uh, uh, yeah, what inspires you to collaborate with other people? What kind of started the journey for you? I think the, uh, the, the diverse culture here in Columbus and uh, the vibrant, uh, you know, acceptance level of uh, performances, you know, I've never had an experience where I've had, you know, empty audience not coming or watching it, be it outside in a community performance or maybe, you know, a, a professional engagement. It's always been a very, uh, you know, gratifying experience for me where I've always felt like home, you know, just like I used to feel in India. So uh, being a part of the Columbus uh, collaboration, uh, it has always made me feel very blessed and I've always been able to immerse myself deeply in this, uh, you know, Columbus arts community. Understood. And in terms of, and how does the process look like when, how, like when you decide who your collaborators are going to be, what do you look for in your collaborators? So uh, we actually uh, do a lot of brainstorming, like Mm -hmm. just like how we have a choreography process, like if you have any, uh, any choreography, which you want to plan Mm -hmm. out for, it has to be a story, a theme or a message which you want to communicate, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Through your dance form or through your art form. And now uh, keeping in mind what kind of, uh, you know, the whole environment is about. Mm -hmm. Are you doing technical, you know, keeping in mind the technical part of it or is there some societal thing which you want to showcase through that? Mm -hmm. Or, you know, just a moral of the story kind of thing. So these are the same things I look when I talk to a collaborator or mm-hmm. we when we just start, uh, you know, talking to each other and finding out what could be uh, the base over here or what could be, you know, um, just the whole uh, piece come out to be like, you know. Mm-hmm. So this is how we just do it. For example, with the Kathak uh, and the tap artist, uh, the collaboration we did, uh, we just picked up uh, impromptu numbers and we just did with the tabla instrument over there as an accompanist we just did a couple of uh, you know back and forth just like how we have jugal bandi in uh, kathak mm-hmm. so we had the uh, tap dancer did the tap numbers i did the whole thing with our footwork you know tatkar mm-hmm. so that's how we just played like a question answer session with uh, the tabla and just to give it out to the audience and the audience was also being a part of it Mm -hmm. they were just you know engaging the whole thing with their claps so this was the whole um, you know kind of uh, the whole process so that's how the collaboration part also takes place you know just Mm -hmm. like how you plan for a choreography okay and since um, you uh, and on that note uh, since, you know, some collaborations will go well, some may not go well. So have you kind of picked up, do you have any insights to offer like younger artists as to any red flags as to how, how they should figure out this is someone they should not be collaborating with, or maybe they not, might not be a good fit into it because you want, don't want to put a whole lot of time and then figure out, hey, I shouldn't have been doing this in the first place. So is there any insights you can offer in that regard? See, it's, it's very challenging. Of mm-hmm. course. Uh, you just have to, uh, you know, everybody has their ups and downs in this it may or may not work. Like I said, you know, with innovation, there's always uncertainty here too. But, you know, the key is to just keep trying and be patient. Uh, Somewhere or the other things will work out or if they do not work out, at least you try to get something from it. So that's the whole idea. And just, uh, you know, on on a note, participate in the community community event or just try to see how the uh, you know there if there is any public uh, engaging part in that or not so these are the things which you know you have to keep trying in this and just be patient with that part so Mansidi, if you don't mind sharing do you have an example of where like it didn't work out to the way you thought of it like you tried collaborating didn't work out the way you wanted to but you got something new out of it and you evolved your art in that way um i have a few instances like this, but, mm-hmm. you know, we always, uh, 
uh, work back and forth with mm-hmm. the same um, the tap event which i was right. talking about mm-hmm. uh, here what we decided was to do like uh, on this you know impromptu uh, jugalbandi kind of thing right but um, initially we had thought that we would just keep uh, you know uh, just tabla and kathak and then the the beats with the tap were mm-hmm. later to be added but things you know just it just went with the flow at the moment and when the, you're on the stage you just ha- you just happen to have those things it was it was completely an impromptu thing and we just went with the flow we didn't have any idea what we were doing and we were just going with what was happening at that moment you know so some things don't happen the way you actually plan it or you just think of it but the turnout came to be really good you know so it it was it was an amazing performance and we had a standing ovation for that so that was one thing where we felt that whatever we did on the stage even mm-hmm. though it was not planned or it was not you know by the books kind of thing it just made the whole day you know so that way all right i'm glad Uh, yeah thanks for sharing that story that really tells us you know that, that there's always something good that can come out of anything and yeah appreciate you sharing that and uh, i guess manthi uh, the next question i want to ask you about this in the sense like with collaborations um because there's another thing that might come up is that well, one thing i'm curious about is when two people come together or two different art forms come together there my is there any fear of like one art form getting overshadowed by the other or you may not get enough credit or those do those fears run through your head or if so if and how do you deal with them if at all so you know um um this is a very uh, common thing about you know uh, knowing that yes there is a possibility of one overcoming the other or you know um something is missing out over here kind of mm-hmm. thing but you know um when as a collaborator when i see people or you know i respect people dynamics so that mm-hmm. is one thing i have always uh, you know had that in my mind and you know by god's grace i've never had that experience it's just been a very congenial uh, feeling with the other fellow artist you know mm-hmm. always so the whole idea is to just give back to the community either mm-hmm. in the form of you know whatever you have learned or whatever you have trained in mm-hmm. or in a professional engagement you just want to showcase in that time so the whole idea is to just enjoy that part and just go with it you know understand just go with it and see what happens yes mm-hmm. okay and um, another thing i wanted to ask you here is about holding your art form or you know like when you collaborate with someone and you're innovating part of it is that you know you do what you're trained to do and part of it is you may be pushing the boundaries or like going beyond what was taught to you so how do you so when you're collaborating with someone how do you decide your own boundaries like this is the language or grammar i'm going to stick to this is where i'm going to be pushing it beyond how do you decide that for yourself manthi so you're like i said in the beginning also you know mm-hmm. having a healthy dialogue or a healthy mm-hmm. vocabulary right keeping in mind what the dance vocabulary is mm-hmm. we stick to in uh, kathak we have uh, you know toda tukdas or mm-hmm. you can call them as technical compositions and uh, you know tatkar the footwork mm-hmm. so keeping all those things in mind i do have a you know i do prioritize these things first because as a dancer as a kathak mm-hmm. artist this is something i was trained and i've been learning this mm-hmm. i don't want to put this aside but at okay. the same time you know uh, a little bit of you know going outside from what you have done mm-hmm. it's just to incorporate what the other fellow artist is bringing and try to put what you have with that mm. so you just want to keep the base of what you have with you you're just mm-hmm. trying to give them something extra with what they are bringing in and right. that could be their music or their mm-hmm. uh, you know their beats their rhythm whatever mm-hmm. it could be so there has been instances where you know it's it's a mix uh, you you are in a mix you don't know what's going to happen how do you deal with that part um where there are a lot of artists which collaborate like we had somebody who was trying to do tabla 
uh, tap, kathak, and they also had drums in that. Mm -hmm. Now, the bass is again the same here. We mm -hmm. have the beats here, which can go in, you know, 16 beats, four, whatever. You can name it the way that you want it to. Right. You can your own compositions here. Mm -hmm. But somewhere you still feel that, you know, it's not the way you want it to be. It's mm -hmm. something which is going off the track. Then that's where, you know, I just keep uh, my things very clear that this is what I do. And then this is how we can try to do it. And then try to just keep, keep going with the uh, rhythm, you know. And then we, we, we've been in that place, but we've always got some good results from that too. So that's one thing for me. I mm -hmm. feel I've always been, you know, lucky in that case where mm -hmm. whatever be the collaboration, the outcome has always come out to be different in that way. Okay. Okay. And when it comes to say collaborations, we've, you know, historically we've had a lot of collaborations between Kathak and Tab, Kathak and Flamenco. Uh, and I, I'm very curious, since you've explored this for a while, what are some art forms you feel Kathak should be collaborating with more or you haven't seen enough of, or you'd like to see more in the future? Um, it's, it's free. It's, it's a flowing uh, mm -hmm. dance form. So right. I feel, you know, um, ballet could be one mm -hmm. where, you know, of course it's, uh, it has more graceful and it has a proper technique. Mm -hmm. We have a proper technique when we follow Kathak, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I just feel um, seeing ballet and Kathak would be one thing I can think of, would like to see more, you know, right. in that sense. Maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but, um, you know, lyrical is the other one. Where what, you what do you mean by lyrical? Lyrical is more like, you know, a contemporary or lyrical, if you see that way, uh -huh. where I'm not trying to say uh, putting two dance forms in one, but just keeping them aside and mm -hmm. then just trying to see how they are performed in that one base number kind of thing. Okay. Just, uh, you know, from a viewer's point of view. Mm -hmm. So that could be one thing we can always, uh, you know, I would want to uh, just see more of it and I don't know. I mean, I'm just mm -hmm. about that. Yeah, it's, a, it's an open-ended question. So I'm just curious about your insights. Uh, and so since we talked about like the kind of where you've performed, the kind of collaborations you've done, I'm very curious, Mansidi. over the years, have you found there are certain themes or like emotions you're more drawn to, you're more, more prone to collaborate with? What have you found for yourself that you're more drawn to in terms of what you want to portray? I think it's more of a fun event. Mm -hmm. So when it comes to collaborations we've always had more fun on stage mm -hmm. backstage and uh, you know um, the concept itself becomes more uh, interesting for the audience itself you know mm. um, they haven't seen anything they're not aware about what this dance form is so um, what are they doing how are they doing this mm -hmm. and that part makes them, you know, feel that moment, you know, mm. feel that very moment what the artist or the performers are showing on stage or showcasing on stage. Mm. So I think it's just a fun part uh, mm -hmm. where that emotion of, uh, you know, uh, trying out something new, exciting, and the fun part in that. That mm. makes me, you know, go more for collaborations always. So what makes it fun for you? Because we you've said fun a little bit. So yeah, what makes the collaborate? What what makes it fun for you? What are the fun elements for you in that? So the brainstorming part, you mm -hmm. know. I I just feel when you are in that zone of just doing a particular piece or just performing a particular mm -hmm. part, which is uh, you know known to you. You've been doing it for years. You know how this is going to be the end, the beginning or, you know, the middle story kind of thing, you know, the whole layout, mm -hmm. something which you don't know, something which, uh, you know, you're uncertain about, that's right. where the key point is, that's where the fun part begins. Mm -hmm. So like I said, with that tap incidents also, incident mm -hmm. also, um, yeah. we just did that on stage, and we were just like, you know, we were with it. Um, it just went on and on and on and we didn't know where this would end. And then finally we came up to a Tihai and then that's where we had to end the whole thing, you know, Right. to give a period kind of thing that this is the end now. 
so it just went on and we built up the whole um graph like we just started with slow beats we picked up the medium speed and then we went into the fast zone mm -hmm. and then we decided to just end it up with the tihai you know hmm. so this is how the fun elements are in collaboration you know hmm. okay i like i like what you said about the fun elements being in the unknown and you're not like afraid of that yeah. and uh, yes another question i had about collaborations is so if you're introducing two new art forms or one new art form how do you provide that context to the audience if you want them to know what this dance form is where does that come into your performance usually yeah. so creating that awareness is very important uh, mm -hmm. when uh, you know even for um, you know for events or for um, places where you know the art form is not known too much um, what is this dance style where did it come from a little bit of a background or a little bit of history is what we make a point to just show them you know just in the beginning just talk about few lines what are we going to do and what they are going to do uh, what the other artist is going to do and then that's how we try to just uh, you know get that engagement set first and then it becomes like you'll see the fun part now so the magic begins now kind of thing you know hmm. so with music with some uh, details about what the piece is that's how we try to make it a little more interesting for the audience to get a little bit of hint of what we are actually going to be performing also and mansidi um, for this like you're talking about awareness uh, just so that everyone knows how long have you been in colombo so far like how many years have you spent here now it's been close to um 10 years now 10 to 11 years okay so yeah in 10 years so, so just to give that context so can you tell us a little bit about what the kathak scene was 10 years ago when you came and what's it like now how what has changed what is it like in ohio very curious yeah. about that so um it's uh, it's very interesting to talk about the uh, kathak scene here you know um i it's always a challenge to see indian classical dance forms um and uh, kathak was one art form which uh, people actually knew as bollywood hmm. and um, that was really you know a shock kind of a thing for me when i stepped here and started performing and taking up you know professional engagements it was very interesting to make them first aware about what the dance form is where does it come from uh, you know what is it all about and um, i started creating uh, choreographies which actually had evolution of kathak like when did it start how did it start where has it reached now what are the elements you can see in kathak so these were the uh choreographies which actually made me think about you know this is something where people lack they don't have the right knowledge about this was when i actually came 10 years back but now with you know uh there's always this push and pull experience you know you have to uh find out what is going on with kathak and bollywood even when i um, you know when i take up teaching engagements in uh, schools or universities this you know there's a there's a very common um, perception about uh, having said that kathak and bollywood is you know having the same thing it's that and we you know it's our duty as artists or it's our duty as performers uh, in this field to make people aware and bring out the actual uh, meaning and the actual beauty of what kathak is so that was very challenging but you know uh, with time and with years mm -hmm. it has changed it has definitely changed a lot okay so once the it's not common it's not uncommon in the midwest or many parts of the states to have one kathak teacher for the entire state what's it like in ohio are there are there other kathakars around in the area what's it, what have you seen yes there are a few kathakars here too and um, um we have had a lot of uh, a uh, classical artist here in mm -hmm. columbus it's now growing and in the field of uh, you know uh, indian classical dance forms we have teachers mm -hmm. uh, in the field of bharatanatyam mm -hmm. kuchipudi and uh, even you know odissi 
so it's growing the you know slowly people have started uh, you know understanding what indian classical dance forms are so that's one thing which i feel this uh, has actually evolved you know it's grown a lot mm. understood and have you and since you're talking about indian classical dances and the arts as well so have you been have you gotten the opportunity to collaborate with other indian artists in the area as well yes so this was another thing which uh, um i had uh, worked on for um the year 2015 and 16 mm-hmm. uh, this was actually to celebrate international dance day mm-hmm. again i actually um, you know came up with this idea of uh, a confluence of uh, indian classical dance forms coming from the northern and the southern parts of india mm-hmm. so like i mentioned uh, before also uh you know bharatnatyam was another dance form which is very popular here in columbus mm-hmm. so um we collaborated with two other bharatnatyam dancers right. and um we created the whole idea of having a art confluence kala sangam okay so that was another um, way of you know creating awareness that this is classical art form hmm. we also invited other art forms like odissi mm-hmm. and uh, kuchipudi hmm. and then we created a hour long of event where pieces from the technical part the non technical side were uh, showcased and it was well recepted i mean everybody really enjoyed there was a lot of information given out mm-hmm. about the pieces about the choreographies and um, this is something i think um, you know over a period of time has also developed a lot in columbus mm-hmm. so a lot of uh, indian community programs or events have also taken up you know um, collaborative performances with two different dance styles mm-hmm. and um, it's it's very uh, different to see how um, you know the awareness is growing day by day okay and so then i'm very curious about this have you found a difference in between collaborating with say people who are practicing in indian art versus like uh, like collaborating with the people in ohio state have you found any differences in that uh not really just uh, thinking on the same lines you know mm-hmm. so um it's it's more about you know with uh, classical dance forms it's easy because uh, we we have something common that is mm-hmm. like stories about krishna stories about vishnu yeah. stories about radha krishna you know the love and everything mm-hmm. so that is something which we can uh, you know put together and come up with a choreography in that mm-hmm. form and we we have been doing that in the past too we've we've seen a lot of uh, you know renowned artists doing that too you know so um, i feel you know with the state itself with other artists from diverse cultures and it's just about how we uh, think you know it's just mm. about the ideas mm-hmm. so you know i i mean i always feel you know great minds discuss ideas okay so that's that's how i feel hmm. you know? so that's that's the whole point about doing collaborations here okay understood uh great minds think about ideas i like that and on that note so amanti uh, in your recommendation how long should someone practice their art form i guess specifically talking about kathak how long should one one be involved in kathak before starting to collaborate or when should that point be i know that's an open ended question but i just curious about your thoughts yeah so for anybody who wants to actually think of collaborations you mm-hmm. need to have uh, you know some sort of training in the field for at least 8 uh, to 9 years mm-hmm. and then once you've understood how does the stage work mm-hmm. how do you have to work with the stage the mm-hmm. light the music the whole concept the whole mm-hmm. story you know all the things which go in the planning and the execution part right so that if you feel you're ready you want to give it a try you can think about it but you know there are always gurus or teachers or mentors who are there to you know go back and 
discuss how you think and if you have i still uh, talk to you know some of my fellow artists where i feel i'm stuck i i have that thing where i'm not able to go out where what do i do am i hmm. doing right you know we all make mistakes because mm-hmm. it's, it's very um, and in, especially in you know music and uh, dance we need to have the right note the right count and that's something where i feel um, there has to be a certain amount of training which is involved when you think you can uh, you are ready for uh, going out and doing something you know hmm. so once the i guess that brings me to my next question how did you know you were ready like with your with the training and learning you had at what point did you feel like you were ready how did that realization come to your head my first experience was just to perform uh, do some solo performances mm-hmm. i was new um i had not too many people who would you know um know about kathak or indian classical art forms right i think um, it was just 6 months and i got my first professional engagement you know um, that's amazing and of course you know um the point where you start you start talking about kathak right so people uh, from the indian community uh, did have some sort of an idea of what the classical art form is so going that way um i think uh, with my experience all this started first with uh, solo performances that is just you know by yourself and doing few things slowly i started you know um attending um performances with uh, you know where artists are just doing some different styles which i was not even aware about so much you know coming from india and you're just landing here you see a lot of varieties here right so in art forms and music and that was something which uh, you know intrigued me a lot that you know this is something yes the beat is this this is the beat this is the rhythm this is something they have some similar hand gestures they have some similar hand movements here and there that made me think you know um that's where the point actually just clicked that this is the point i think collaborations can happen Hmm. and um the very first collaboration was a uh, was with uh, the tap dancer lord mm-hmm. so we created tadha you know so uh, that was tap and kathak mm-hmm. together kind of thing um that was something which i have a very um, you know fond memory with you know i i don't forget that part because the whole process was so different we had a, a completely uh, new thought to it we created a new framework to that mm-hmm. and it was very different because we just decided let's do this you know uh, let's create this with your uh, shoes and with my bells let's create this you know uh, it's something we can just think of a creation kind of thing so that's that's how the whole um, you know part of uh, getting ready and now trying to do collaboration started you know hmm. and speaking of collaborations i know that you one thing you went when mentioned that the reason you do collaborations has a lot to do with how you learned kathak as well so can you tell us a little bit about your learning uh my learning started uh at the age of 7 uh under uh, ashatai joglekar from mumbai india um it's a very funny story too you know uh with how i started learning kathak uh my mom just saw me dancing in front of the tv when i was uh, i think 4 uh, or 5 and she said that um, you know do you want to learn dance I said uh, yeah maybe we can think of it and you're 4 and 5 what do you know your parents just take you and that's how the journey began you know and um, I uh, kept learning and um, performing and then um, I think at the age of 15 is when I started folk dance training too so that's another side which I have been very closely associated with mm-hmm. you know folk dance forms were um, mainly uh, from rajasthan mm-hmm. uh, so 
So I started training under Bharti Tolani uh, mm-hmm. in Mumbai, India. So that was another experience altogether. And then started traveling with performances, you know, for performances. So at the age of 15, my first performance was here in the United States of America. You were traveling at the age of 15? Yes. Okay. Yes, that was my first experience to step out of home and just mm-hmm. uh, perform. And that's when the journey began and uh, it just kept going. And then later studies were also there. Education was a part of my family. So uh, picking up dance was something that was my uh, passion and mm-hmm. was something I loved doing it. And I kept continuing it too, but you know, with uh, double masters and you know training I mean double masters in finance and I never thought of you know leaving my educational background aside too so that was another reason I moved to uh, when I started doing my masters I had to move to a cl- closer location for continuing my dance mm-hmm. and that's where I met uh, Sheila Didi uh, Sheila Mehtaji so I started training under her then I didn't want it to, you know, stop dancing. So it was just the constraint of, uh, you know, the time and the travel part in Mumbai. Mm. So that was the journey uh, where it began. And then it just kept uh, going with performances and traveling and then experiencing more uh, workshops with gurus Mm -hmm. and then landing here. So that's how the whole uh, journey has been, you know. And um, I guess one thing I'm really curious about here, since you mentioned that your family was really focused on education and you were really focused on, and you wanted to make dance your thing as well. So as you started like developing that at a younger age, was your family always behind you or you had, had to kind of advocate for yourself as you were traveling and doing these performances? So my mom has been the biggest supporter, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, family has always been very supportive. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, with the, I kept my grades up. So that was another thing that kept them happy. So that was uh, something, you know, they're happy, I'm happy, and I'm getting to do what I want to do. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's when, you know, uh, performances with uh, groups or with, uh, you know, gurus started happening. So Mm -hmm. that's where, you know, the whole idea of uh, keeping dance as a, you know, keeping dance alive was always there. Mm. Understood. And we'll get to the performances with gurus and everyone in a while. But I want to touch upon folk dances as well. So I because I don't know a whole lot about folk dances. So can you tell us a little bit about what are the folk dances in Rajasthan, which are the ones you specialize in? So I, uh, I started learning uh, with Srimati um, Ji. started with uh, Ghumar first. And hmm. uh, uh, Ghumar has a very uh, soft, um, you know, very subtle movements in that. For being a classical dancer, where I've been training at from the age of seven, and then going in a field where, you know, you're learning and uh, you're actually unlearning kind of thing, because mm-hmm. body has been, you know, starting to mold and, you know, get into the classical uh, part, where you're uh, grooming yourself in Kathak, and then going in uh, folk dances, where you're using your lower body movement, lower body, basically, your hip movements, mm-hmm. and your body is going in a very different flow altogether. So, that but that was easy because body was young and it was easy to just get adjusted to that whole thing mm-hmm. um, in Ghumar basically it's more about uh, you know using a lot of props too so you just like you have uh, you know plates like thali or chung chung is another instrument just like you know you have tambourines there's like chung mm-hmm. and there is manjiras or diyas. So it's more of, you know, um, um, a, a dance which was fo- performed in the royal courts of Maharajas, basically, mm-hmm. you know, with those long hungats, you know, you had to keep that uh, thing, the traditional part intact in that. And this was only performed uh, when women were there. Like, mm-hmm. it was a pure women-oriented dance. Mm. So, and not, not uh, males could not come. It was a pure, um, you know... Um, celebration just for the females to come and dance you know? right 
every festival has another dance or a song associated in India. Mm -hmm. It was the same thing with uh, folk forms, you know, in uh, Rajasthan. So Goomer was one, there's Kalbelia. Goomer was one which uh, I started, uh, you know, getting groomed and trained into. And then learning more choreographies in that. So that actually was more attached to uh, my culture part also. So I just mm-hmm. wanted to keep that alive and, you know, keeping uh, the community part here in Columbus also alive. We have an, a small community here too. So we do a lot of dance forms here too. With you have a Ghumar community in Columbus? A, a community from Rajasthan. Okay. So. Got you, got you, got you. So we just meet and then celebrate okay. uh, festivals and then just the way we did it in India kind of thing understood okay got it uh yeah i think so I, no because I, I did my high school in calcutta so i have a lot of marwari friends i went to the one school which which where bengalis were minority so yeah it was a very interesting experience for me growing up and not growing up my doing my high school in calcutta so a lot of my good friends are marwari too so i guess that's why i, I get curious about rajasthani culture here and I guess curious about what a Ghumar class looks like. So say like in a Kathak class. Now I've only done one to two years of Kathak. This my standard class of Kathak looks like we practice our Tatka, we practice our Hastas, we do our Chakras. And then we work on a composition or something. And Bhumi Pranam in the beginning and Bhumi Pranam in the end. So that's kind of like a general Kathak class structure. What does the standard Ghumar class look like if there is one? So a Ghumar class would have um, movements first. So... Uh, Mainly in folk dances, we use, like I mentioned, the hip movements. Mm-hmm. The lower body is used the most. Yeah. So you need to have a command on that. That mm-hmm. beat needs that beat is different when you do a classical form. Right. Um, you're basically putting force on the heel down and then lifting it up, kind of thing. You know? Okay. The whole idea is to manage the weight and the body. So this was something. Most of the, uh, you know, students found it very difficult to catch at the first point, you know. Right. And just like that, we have the hand movements after that, where you're using your hands, more of the kalai, the wrist movement is more. Hmm. And there is a little more of, you know, the ghumna, the ghumar is basically ghumna. That is taking circles or taking pirouettes here. Hmm. So you're sitting down more of... Uh, the lower forms basically you're on the ground so this was something which we kept practicing over the years when my training started and that's how I started training here also though I don't have too many um, you know uh, people who are actually learning Gumar but Mm -hmm. it's more from a point of just uh, having you know community involvement basically it's just a doing it for the community's year. So it was just very small, but uh, folk dances as a whole has been a wide variety year, mm. you know, with uh, Ras, Garba from Gujarat, mm-hmm. or you, know, you have the uh, folk dances from the Southern part of India or the Eastern part of India. So you've seen a lot of uh, varieties in this at the community events also, mm-hmm. at festivals also, but uh, in particularly with uh, Ghumar, the style is very different. It's right. more of, you know, just using your body and mm-hmm. just managing the weight of your body, basically. Mm. How do you balance and how do you manage that part? Okay. So that was something. And then, of course, the softness and the subtleness in that movement. And I assume since you're using the Ghungat a lot, is there less of an emphasis on, say, expressions or life face? Or how does yes. that work? Yes, so not uh, a lot of uh, uh, facial expressions are, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, seen or, you know, you are doing that a lot because Mm -hmm. you're always covered with the ghungat when you're right, right? Mm -hmm. And more of the hand movements and more of the, uh, Mm -hmm. it's a circular dance, basically. You're actually going in a circle. So imagine the number of steps you have to take from one point to the other. And when you're dancing in a circle, mm. you're actually moving your body a lot because right. you, you move from one spot to the other, as well as you move from one uh, whole, like with the movement itself also. Okay. So it's not just doing it at this, in, in that particular spot, you're actually going around mm. that whole circle with that whole movement also. 
right so uh, that was that was very different and very interesting mm-hmm. to learn and you know um, mm-hmm. perform to understood and with ghumar like so cuz i had uh, i had someone who kind of learned kathak in say allahabad and you know up and kathak the perception of kathak in up it, it differs like some like places it, it, like yeah lucknow is kind of the birthplace of kathak and you have that but throughout the state there's a lot of perception of you know dance uh, dance not having a great reputation just because of the state so on that note what have you noticed in rajasthan how does rajasthan perceive its own folk dances across the state i think uh, with the folk dances it's it's a traditional thing mm-hmm. more rooted right right so, right um till date we mm-hmm. have folk songs folk dances which are sung which are performed mm-hmm. for every festival or every uh, celebration in the family mm. so um i mean of course with time changing things have changed now you won't find those ways completely here you know hmm. it will not be completely down it might be here you know right but it's still there it's out of respect you're just hmm. covering your head so um that's something which has changed over the time but the uh, the vibrancy of the dance has always been there and i think it's just going to continue like festivals like gangor or you know for that matter uh, when you have teej these are some festivals in rajasthan which are celebrated on a huge scale where mm. you know uh, the whole sajna savarna and then the dancing part the eating part and the puja and you know all the rituals they add up to all that mm. so that is something which has been going on for years and years and mm. uh, uh, not too many changes um, i have seen of course songs have Mm. they still sing the old songs and they are still singing the old folk songs which they've been singing for years and years for a particular uh, event you know mm-hmm. so though it be like the wedding song or you know a baby is born they'll sing that song so it's mm-hmm. it's just how it has been going for years mm-hmm. understood and so see, since you had the kathak training and then you did ghumar how did you did you how do you bring those two together or how do you balance them in your life since you have like the folk dance in you you have the kathak in you how does that come together for you so honestly with kathak that's been the practice uh, the riyaz has been more with kathak mm-hmm. with folk dances it's more of just uh, you know being a part of the community and mm. just doing that so it's it's been uh, you know it's still there it's it since it's you know it's been for a long time now mm. but kathak has been the first love i can say okay. so um it's uh, more towards kathak so okay. i i try to keep that balance and um, the body itself has been groomed in that way so mm. you do it when it has to come so mm. that's it So Manchidi on that note for your riyas what do your riyas rituals look like So my riyas um, has been you know I've been religiously following one um thing uh, that's been on January 1st of every year the beginning the first day uh that riyas has been uh, just doing tatkar with uh, the musicians and uh, with the tabla artist here so i have a small studio in my house and then we just come together and we do it so that's been going on for the last 11 12 11 years so but apart from that so you haven't missed one in 11 years no Damn. and last year was online i mean okay first yes really? but i've not missed a single one and then um yoga is one thing i've been doing uh mm-hmm. as a part of my riyas too because i i think you know um when you're teaching when you're performing um the body needs to have that strength too you know mm-hmm. some parts where i feel we as dancers or we as performing artists um do that a lot of times you know just as a warm up uh, but i have seen a lot of artists too who have incorporated yoga in their life and have also uh, you know gained a lot of uh, strength and you know flexibility over the years 
So that's one thing which has helped me a lot in my riyas too, building up the stamina, my, you know, uh, breathing capacity during tatkars basically. Mm -hmm. And um, um, other than that, just hand movements, just basic hand movements if I don't have the time to do a particular Toda Tukra practice or, you know, just doing basic simple hand movements just to make sure the hands are moving in the right direction and keeping a mirror in front of me and just mm -hmm. seeing what I'm trying to do and seeing what, you know, we're the best judge of what we do, right? So right. that's one thing which I've always uh, made it a point to practice and uh, be thorough with the movements mm -hmm. and clean movements, basically, you know, just um, very sharp ones where it is needed, like the chakras or, you know, uh, taking different chakris or... Uh, on the note of the non-technical side about bhavas, you know, just... Mm practicing abhinay part mm -hmm. so that's one thing i've been now um, you know training um, with uh, shrimati renu sharma ji from india mm -hmm. mumbai so that's uh, something known as sanchari bhav mm -hmm. which, uh, there are 33 vyabhachari or sanchari bhav which basically mean um, you know uh, improvising or explain explaining a particular transitionary emotion which may differ from one person to the other where it's not constant in nature like um, chinta mm -hmm. chinta can slowly get into bhai also you can get fear mm. you know so it's it's something i'm trying to you know learn how to control these emotions too, you know, how does one experience these emotions and how does one become these emotions, you know, you're so, in, basically... so in this example is Chinta, the transitory emotion or the transition from Chinta to Bhai is the transition. Chinta to bhai. So oh. Chinta to bhai. So how do you, how would you do that? part? You know, so that's something that will change, uh, you know, that way. So if hmm. you have, if you, you know, like garv, garv means glory or, you know, um, arrogance can be another way. Now, garv can turn into a negative mode also. Like mm. you can become, you know, um, you can become completely negative in that where mm. you are proud of your things, but you turn to uh, get violent with things too. Mm. That's how I feel, you know. Uh, it's how the exercises are helping to understand these mm -hmm. emotions, you know, these fleeting emotions. Understood. So that's one learning and one um, training process which has been going on. And mm -hmm. I really, where from one part to the other, it just changes so fast and it's not constant. I mean, mm. when you actually think of it, it, it it's it's like oh yeah this is happening kind of thing you know you're you're basically experiencing it also performing it also mm -hmm. and then you when you perform it you actually become one with it so how do you become with that with the help of the gestures you're showing like you're doing this you are actually showing that emotion inside also but um it's, it's just a medium, you know, it's just the whole uh, experiencing part, the anubhav, uh, mm -hmm. how do you actually experience the whole emotion part. So that's about my uh, training and learning, you know. So uh, I had a follow-up question on this. So, so yeah, I thank you for explaining what a Sanchari Bhav is and the different kind of ways you transition. So how does this play out in class? Like, how do you practice this in class? I'm just very curious about that going with a storyline okay. or uh, you know some song or something you okay. know so just trying to see because one line will have some emotions the other line may not have the same emotions which the line a will have hmm. right so how fast can you switch from one to the other that's how you you know you try to put that together so like an experience of mm -hmm. you know you're waiting for uh, delivery uh, mm -hmm. to come. 
your eyes are, you know, at the window nonstop or at the door, you mm -hmm. just are waiting, okay? The moment this, this um, ring, he's here kind of thing, mm -hmm. you know? So now you've been expecting that and that's with you now. And as soon as you are, as soon as he gives you mm -hmm. or you take it from him, your expression changes again. Like you're done. I'm happy mm -hmm. to see now. Now I'm more excited to see what's there in that box. Kind mm -hmm. of. So that's, that's how the whole um, bhav changes, you know, that's something which I wanted to always explore. Mm -hmm. Thank you for explaining that. Um, Cause that uh, I'm very curious now. So you, you know, you have an existing Kathak background and you're adding like more repertoire, more skill sets, upskilling yourself adding the Sanchari how so when you make like more when, when you do your future performances how do you see yourself incorporating the stuff you've learned what do you what are the new projects you'd be taking up with this new skill set projects which have more details about emotions you know hmm. that's one thing which has always been on top of my head for right. these years but you know, with the right knowledge and with the right training, that's one thing which I always felt that, you know, that would give me a path or a direction to move in that, uh, you know, for my work. Hmm. And also, you know, um, stories which are untold um, or, uh, you know, phrases or maybe if I want to pick up as instruments or something which is unknown or which is um, not very popular. Hmm. So nothing, um, you know, uh, as of now to think about. Mm -hmm. But of course, these are some things which more, um, you know, into my head of thinking about what I want to focus on, you know, with power and with emotions. That's one thing. Hmm. So untold stories, um relatively unknown instruments and emotions so yeah looking forward to what you come up with that Mansidi. and i guess yeah another topic i want to jump back to is like we talked about your performances yeah when you started performing in india so i just wanted to know like uh when it comes to performing in india what uh what what were your most memorable performances and do you have any anecdotes to share from there um my most uh memorable performances were um you know I think more from competition point of view, where uh, we had the classical dance competitions from schools and from colleges. Right. That's where I had, I think I remembered uh, doing that. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, you know, I actually participated in uh, folk dances too in India, where, uh, you know, um, I was a part of a performance where I had to dress up like a boy and dance oh. because of my height, you know, so I oh. was tall. So um, they dressed me up as a, um, a, a boy and a girl paired together. So I was the boy and uh, it was so hard for me to do those because my I had that grace and boys are usually more, you know, uh, energetic and they're more robust in that case. But, you know, with the whole setup and everything, it was, you know, it was okay. But they could, uh, you know, identify that this is a girl kind of thing. They, 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 they couldn't make out that, you know, with just because of the uh, whole setup, yeah. they could get out. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, um, uh, it was just a good experience in uh, um, performing in India. Um, mm -hmm stages different uh you know you always had somebody along with you like my mom used to be there with me most That's of the nice. time yeah and um even if it's a late performance you know it's like you're mm. coming up coming home late but my mom used to always be there so it's just been a very uh, you know healthy experience with uh, performing in india understood and with performing, you know, whenever we talk about performances, we also talk about like dealing with organizers. So since you've had such a vast performing experience in Columbus, India, like all across, uh, how do you decide when you when an organizer approaches you, or you approach someone, how do you decide like this organizer is the right fit for you? Or how do you figure out if there are any red flags or anything like that? What are the things you look for? So, uh, you know, um, the experience with the organizers and, uh, you know, especially in Columbus or mm -hmm. even outside of 
Columbus. Um, it's artists have always been on a tight rope here. Um, oh. When it comes to perfection, mm. in countless ways, you know, you want this, you want that, you, and sometimes you're not able to find those things here. Mm. In terms of the lights, in terms of the, you know, I'm just talking about the stage requirements. Or, yes, sir. You know, that's one thing which I struggled a lot of times because mm. floor was something which I had to actually find when that was the first requirement I had to check. Because most of the time we had those carpeted floors which were offered for, uh, you know, uh, if it was in a community event. Because usually community events are very, you know, um, more of a small, uh, close-knit people and doing that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And the, the whole setup was not um, based or was not meant for classical performance. You know, we had to do like a thin line of carpet kind of thing. Oh, like wait, were you dancing on carpet? doing carpet? Yes. Oh, my yes. God. Yes, that was, that was the first experience I had. Okay. And then slowly, you know, understanding the whole experience made me think mm -hmm. that, you know, first thing we want to know is the floor. Mm -hmm. uh, do they have a hard floor or something where I can actually tap the feet and then the mm -hmm. sound is created, you know. Right. And um, um, the lights and mm -hmm. the whole setup, you know. And um, depending on the whole professional engagement also, you know, you get a sense of understanding over the years um, how well the organizer is, uh, you know, making it available for you. How, uh, how, how much is it, uh, you know, is it systematically designed or is it like just, you know, you will be coming and doing something mm -hmm. like that. Huh. But, you know, with festivals, with diverse events, it's always been a very um, healthy experience, you know. Mm -hmm. I've always had that opportunity to perform with a lot of different uh, artists where uh, who have actually curated festivals too. Oh, wow. uh, yes. And, um, you know, when you start uh, collaborations too, it's just, you know, a lot of people, how they work and how they are and how their whole uh, system of working is. It's just very easy in that case then. So as far as, you know, organizing and payments go, it's just a learning, you know, it's just how you keep learning with experiences uh, from each other. Right. And I'm glad you brought up payments because that was going to be my next question, of course, in the sense, you know, uh, with, with the arts, there's a tendency to like sometimes ex exploit younger artists and inexperienced artists, like tell them that we're giving you exposure and not pay them. And like throughout your career, have, have you ever dealt with like, you know, people being not, reluctant to pay or asking for free free art and if, if so how have you dealt with them over dealt with it over the years it's been a tough you know it's been a tough learning mm -hmm. like i said um, you know knowing the people around you or knowing how people do it it's been a tough learning and you have to maintain that balance too you know you learn from your experiences too right and then um like i mentioned before also um you start developing that sense of vocabulary with people when you start working with them too. So then the payment part is something which is more professional. So then it's nothing to, you know, um, you're not basically going back and forth on that part. So that just falls in that uh, thing very smoothly. So I've not had that uh, issues here. Initially it was, but then mm. later it started to just go uh, with the, with the uh, flow, you know. Understood, understood. Yeah, I think um, what I really like is like with your collaborations, with your approach to life and Karthak, it's always been about with the flow. That's kind of been like a common theme throughout it. And with that, Nwansidi, I guess coming to my final question, so since with your whole collaborative career, with your humor, with all this journey you've had, what would you like your legacy to be when it comes to Katha? Creating more choreographies and mm -hmm. um, just loving what you do, basically, you know, mm -hmm. enjoying the part where you create and you perform mm -hmm. the whole thing. So I think I've always enjoyed dancing and mm. for me dance is more of 
I'm in a different world altogether. So that's something I would want to just keep that thing as a legacy, you know, enjoy the most. And when you enjoy anything, when you put your whole heart into it, the outcome is beautiful. You feel very content about it. So that's one thing I've always sensed with my, um, you know, dance journey. Mm-hmm. Yes, Manchidi, for sure. Like, I think starting from the age of seven and from whatever you've said, you've always had like constant movement, like whatever opportunities you've been given, you kind of move with it and you kind of create the life you've had. And it's been great talking to you about it. So with that, I kind of bring this episode to a close, Manchidi. Thanks a lot. Me, I'm glad we did this conversation. I learned a lot about folk dances myself. Thank you so much.